Last time on the Bestow Curse podcast, our heroes traversed the perils of the shingles and arrived at Vencarlo's Academy safely with Trinia. A casting of Zone of Truth proved her innocent of the king's murder, and the party descended below where water leads out to the bay. The Cursed Campaign continues now. Hello again. Hi, Griffin. Boy, am I winded. Yeah, it's a tough chase. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I'm out of breath, Griffin. <laughs> Just ran in from the shingles. Boy, are my legs tired. <laughs> You're still winded from a month ago. Brother, you got to work on that cardio. Yeah. Everybody's a little winded from getting their chest caved in with a storm hammer. Mm-hmm. Hard to catch your breath after that one. I don't know. I had a really hard time catching my breath going through that chicken coop. Yeah, going through All the those coop. feathers oh, coming in. You guys are probably still covered in feathers. Can you imagine getting the crap kicked out of you to the point where you're at like six, seven health, six health, and then having to run? Run, <laughs> run through barriers. <laughs> what What is your health at for Sylvie? Seven hit points. Is anybody lower than that? No, no I'm, I'm at, at like 24. Yeah, I'm fine. I Okay, so, so Sylvie is like limping through this. I think Wait, you, I think you were the one that succeeded some of the ones where it was like climb over the, <laughs> climb over this wall. Mm-hmm. It was just a bloody smear up the wall. <laughs> yeah, no wonder they were following us so well. Sylvie yeah. was bleeding out the entire time. Perfect trail to follow. I'm so sorry. Maybe I should have shoved some mud in it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but you know, shoving mud in it that doesn't that doesn't get you through the chicken coop. That's true. No. That damn chicken coop. Nothing could get us through the chicken coop. I probably should have at some point allowed like a a survive like a nature type check or something to make your way through that. <laughs> well, I, I can tell what they were going for there, right? It's like you do a hard check and to like build the tension of them coming yeah, up no, on I, you. I had the tension. Yeah, tension was there. Yeah, they... it, was, it was a that was a scary point in the chase. Yeah, it's kind of an ebb and flow. I like the way that it's different than how first editions chase mechanics work. Because first edition, you could a lot of times like choose to do a higher role so you could choose a higher dc to push yourself ahead yeah and in this it's more like if the obstacle that you're up against right now is harder you make more progress yeah which i mean i kind of like in retrospect i just i didn't understand because i was used to the being able to choose mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. i think we thought at that point that if we succeeded, we would still only be one square Agreed. away. Yeah, 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 yeah. 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 That's yeah. where my head was at. Yeah. And then I thought Griffin did it out of pity. What, let you guys go? Uh, gave us more squares. And oh, then no, I realized I that's I just, just the two E rules. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If I caught you, I would have uh, would have taken Sylvia out with another Which, hell night. Because yeah, I, she'd be dead. With a yeah, stiff yeah. breeze. With a stiff breeze. But yeah, then I was also irritated because I thought it was from pity until I realized the rules. <laughs> Do you guys have any... Any notable chases? Any chases you like from like movies or have you been a part of a chase? Mm. Do you have a favorite chase? There are a plethora. Oh, I, I know which one I want to talk about of chases in the Fast and Furious movies. Most recently in the ninth installment. I mean, technically the 10th if you count Hobbs and Shaw, of course, but Fast 9. There is a chase that when I saw it in the theater, I was beaming with joy. It was such a ridiculous yet exciting chase and i'd never seen anything like it in a movie the 
Vin Diesel and crew are in trucks and cars and they're getting chased by these paramilitary dudes and they're flooring it and they're coming up to a minefield and quickly Emily's laughing because she knows exactly what I'm talking uh-huh. about and quickly uh, Ludacris's character Tej runs the numbers in his head and realizes that if they run over the landmines, as long as they're going fast enough, they will get clear of the explosions <laughs> before they, you know, get caught in them. And some of the characters' cars can't go fast enough. And it just leads to act- what sounds ridiculous, but what I think really effectively works as a good chase because one, it felt very different, it was a little ridiculous. And they were able to use that premise in a lot of interesting ways. Like they were running over mines purposefully when they were folks behind them where they could get clear and then the mine would blow up when somebody was on somebody that was chasing them. Um, It was goofy as hell, but it was so much fun to watch. Gotta love fast. Mm -hmm. You can't beat them. You can, but (laughs) (laughs) try to chase that with a better chase story, guys. You can't hint. I don't. I literally don't know why you're looking at me. It would be hard to catch. I don't. Man. I don't watch chase movies. I've never seen a Fast and the Furious. And oh, we got to change that. You say this every time. It's never once happened. Anyway, we got to change that. <laughs> uh, no. Do we have other chase stories? Does anyone has anyone actually had a chase story? Like actually been a part of a chase. Yeah. I mean, if you consider like cross country and track races chases. <laughs> Uh, I've been a part of a lot of those. You're chasing the people in front of you. If you're in a relay, you are chasing up till you can hand off the baton so you can stop the pain. Uh, So Mm -hmm. if if any of you have, if you haven't done uh, like middle distance um, or even distance running, probably sprinting as well, it's a very painful sport. You like Hmm. give your all, you know how like you see like people at the end of their races and they're like not looking great. It's because they're not feeling great. Yeah. yeah. So for these like races, you're giving it your all like with Sylvie being down so many hit points like that's you have to have so much mental willpower to like keep pressing on when you're probably like bruised, maybe have a broken bone. It's about drive. It's about power. It, It is really good motivation when you have people behind you uh, at the end of the race and you want to stay ahead of them and you can hear them inching closer and closer and closer and at a certain point you just mm-hmm. let go and keep going but uh, you feel it after you're done I was in one race in my life and it was a race that my mom was supposed to participate in but I think she got an ankle injury or something I was like Steve you got a race for me and I was like okay so I raced and then the results came out and it, and they had placed me in the category of like 50 plus middle-aged women. Oh no. <laughs> and guess what, guys? I got crushed. It's <laughs> not great. I did some running in high school. Yeah. I always I hated the middle distance too. Because you just yeah, you have to go all out. I liked giving it my Did most. you take your nip- nipples? No, no, okay. no. I liked giving it my <laughs> did you, most. Did your nipples bleed? Not my all. No, never. Okay. But I ran long distance. Uh Ooh. because I don't know. It, it felt a little a little easier than the middle stuff where it's like you've got to like go as fast as you can. It's like all the time. Yeah, that's what middle distance was for me. I, I enjoyed it, but it was painful. But yeah, you're like I was pretty much sprinting as fast as I could go for like one or two laps around like a full track. So you're looking at like around a minute for 
a 400 to like a little over two minutes for two laps, like 220. It's a long time when you're full out sprinting. I ran from the cops in college. I forgot what? about that. Oh, I forgot about that. That's a chase. Yeah. Were you there yeah. for that? No, you weren't there for that. Has the statute of limitations expired on that? Are you worried? No, I'm not concerned at okay, all. Okay. I was at a house that I had never been to with people I didn't know very well at all. Uh, Recipe for getting chased by the cops. Also was not at all where I normally was. And then, um, yeah, so then the cops came and I was uh, underage. Yeah, I was underage. I don't think I had been drinking much, though, because I was in. Because un- you waited till you were 21 like the rest of us. No, um, <laughs> because I was. I See, I was drinking just not a lot because I was in an unfamiliar place with people I didn't know. I was just trying to be friendly. And so then I did run, crawl up a fence, hop over that, and then run into an alley where there was another fence that we hopped. And we had police officers chasing us still uh, for way longer than they should have, considering they were like 50 kids who started running. Like, did they, did they no hop lie. the fences too? No, because there were some that were stationed outside the fence, like ready. Mm. Like, I don't know what they thought we were doing at this party, but. Obviously, bust. being underage. Yeah, didn't we also we also ran from the cops at some point? No, we were old enough. Philly, at a party no, in that, Philly. No, Philly. We we hid in the basement. Oh yeah, we hid in the basement. Where were we going to run in Philly? No, and then we went to the gas station as well. We like did do that. We went. We like kind of snuck out and walked casually to the gas station after that. But yeah, the the best way to escape a party for our listeners that are maybe at a party and not of age is to just. Get to a sidewalk and walk casually away. Yeah. That's that's all you have to do. And that is what I did as soon as I wasn't in visible eyeshot of the, no lie, like three or four squad cars that came. This is, it was abnormal. I've been to parties where cops have been called before at, in college. Like that's, noise complaints are a thing. Were and you so, harboring a king killer at the party? Hmm. Good question. Maybe, maybe hmm. I didn't know them. Like I said, I didn't know them. But yeah. Was there a sickly old man in the other room? What was the art like? Mm. Um, I think sad. Oh. The art was sad because I think it was mostly cut up beer containers and oh, yeah, other is, empty yep. alcohol bottles. Tight. <laughs> yeah. Anyways, we uh, eventually this this basically stranger and I ended up getting to a sidewalk uh, out of eyesight and just walked together. Um, until we could call a cab. Neat. But yeah. It was very scary. I yeah. haven't really been a part of a chase outside of sports, I don't think. Yeah. Mm. I don't know that long distance running is really a chase, guys. You're chasing the people in front of you to pass them. Eh, I guess you're chasing a time. That's you call really anything where you move a chase at Every that day I chase sport. my dream. I mean, sometimes like... There are people either on your team or other teams that you know are good runners and you see them in the distance and you're trying to get up to them occasionally. That happens okay, I think I think that happens less often than any sport with a ball where you have to chase a person that has a ball on the other team. Sure. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, I think my favorite chase is Chase Utley, who was on the Philadelphia Phillies and we won several World Series. Okay. Mm. What did the Phillies play? Baseball. Okay. <laughs> I didn't know that. Baseball, Haley. I know that. I know them by their mascots, Griffin. <laughs> okay, fanatic. this one's the fanatic. Uh, it's thank not you, hockey. Thank you. That's yeah, all I needed to know. Hockey's gritty. The the fanatic who like 
busted some lady's orbital lobe with yeah. a the hot dog cannon or something. Jeez. We play hardball in Philly. Mm. That's just how it goes. Apparently. Throw batteries at Santa, bust ladies' orbitals, <laughs> lock dog cannons. Imagine being in a chase with Gritty. That's horrible. That's mm. nightmare fuel right there. Is he chasing you or are you chasing him? No, he's chasing you. There's no other option. Yeah, <laughs> you know how like a deer, if it's being chased, will occasionally just like shut down and just accept its fate? Yeah, I would do that if I down. saw Gritty behind me. You think you would deer in the headlights at Gritty? Yeah. His, flight, flight, freeze. Yeah, no, the eyes, the eyes are like a gaze attack. I think. Mm. Mm. I could see that. Well, yeah, they never look in the same direction. So. <laughs> <laughs> that anyway. is dangerous. So I think I need to give out a hero point. Uh, I would give one to Trinia if she was still sticking around. I think she kind of saved your bacon a couple times, but I think this one goes to Sylvie for getting. Uh, Ooh. Getting her butt kicked and keeping going. <laughs> Thank you. This hero point comes from listener Ben Vereen. For your tendency to build Disney-themed characters, if you're ever wondering whether to use a hero point or save it, just remember, let it go. Mm. Oh. That's good advice. That is very good. I do tend to hoard things and then never use them. Speaking of let it go, I believe they reset next episode. So if... Uh, if you have a reason to use it this episode, maybe do so. I got mm-hmm. two to spend and I'm doing it. Okay. When last we left our heroes, they had run through the rooftops of the shingles in Old Corvosa and made their way all the way to Ven Carlo's Academy, where they quickly spirited Trinia away down and down into a sub-basement there that... Uh, connected to the Jagare River. Then Carlo apparently has some sort of means of getting Trinia out of the city. And that's where we find you. So is there like a boat here on this little like underground bay? There is. There's a small skiff. All right. And uh, obviously Cresta is there. Uh, the cleric, uh, Shani Daughtry, had cast some of the spells. So he is also there. You know that Trinia is innocent at this point. So, uh, what happens now then? You, you, you on your way then? Well, um, the tide's coming in. I think I'm gonna have to at least make haste while it's dark. And Vex kind of looking down at the ground and he has this like sad smirk on his face and he walks up to Trinia. Yeah, I was worried that we both knew how this was going to end right here. And there's a, a selfish part of me that really wants to go with you and, and leave this all behind. But I can't do that. And I don't think that selfish part of me is the part of me that you seem to have feelings for. I can't leave my grandfather behind in this city. And frankly, I can't turn my back on this city when it needs help so bad. Seems you've been doing... A lot of good for the city, Vicaris Relby. I won't be too far away. When it, when it's safe, you can come visit me. Do you think you'll ever come back? I don't, I don't know. As long as the queen's on the throne and wants my head, it probably wouldn't be, wouldn't be a great idea. But maybe when everything blows over, how how would I know where to visit you at? Then uh, Carlos told me he's having one of his associates ferry me to. Parse, it's a town 
20 odd miles outside of Corvosa. I'm meeting with a man named Jason Adriel. He's going to bring me to his family's ranch. And honestly, I, I could use a bit of a vacation anyway. Yeah, I think that goes for most of us. And he starts unclasping the leather wristband that covers up the tattoo that he has that he uses to cast Electric Arc and hands it to her. Maybe you could uh, keep this safe till I'll see you next time. (laughs) All right, I'll hold on to it. And so he moves a little bit closer in. The halo lights up the room. Oh, yeah. (laughs) And he puts his left hand on her waist and uses his right hand to push some hair back over her ear. How about we make a deal? When you go off to this ranch, you wait for me to come visit, and in exchange, the next time somebody offers to paint my picture in this city, I will kindly but firmly decline because the artist I have keeps me plenty busy. (laughs) I like that. And then he leans in to kiss her. She, after you separate, she gets on the boat. There's a man there who none of you really recognize. You haven't met this person. Presumably it's Van Carla's associate that's that's kind of helping her at least cross the river. They set off the splashing of water behind them. She turns to look at Vec. What's Vec's uh, expression like as she leaves? He's given her this kind of roguish smile because that's the person that he likes to project outwardly, but she could probably pretty clearly see in his eyes that he's pretty beaten up about this. Like, his shoulders aren't held up the way they usually are. Yeah, maybe we'll save. Oh, all right. Um, that's unexpected. You're trying to pull off your blue steel. I got an 11 total. Should I hero point it? I don't know, but <laughs> get, I'll, I will let the 11 slide. She maybe sees, like, a tear slide out of... Uh, slide down your cheek and she uh you you immediately get the urge to laugh and (laughs) and you're you start chuckling and she smiles at you and uh and just laughs as well don't look so glum i'll see you again she cast hideous laughter on me (laughs) she did (laughs) dear god (laughs) that's very cute she's a wizard witch she's a bard you already know that oh yeah that's right And I I guess after the boat drifts off, that kind of dries his tears and turns back to the rest of the party. Well, I guess that is that then. Is it though? I hope not. There were people in this city who are going to use her as a scapegoat. I think they know more than they're letting on. I think we need to find out who's really behind all of this mischief in the castle. We have done a good deed here. We should be proud of what we accomplished. It was no easy feat, but we are not done, that is true. Right, but we probably shouldn't be going after anybody right now. Uh, we were seen. Right, and if memory serves, I mean, it's all a blur to me, but those Hell Knights knew at least a few of our descriptions. I imagine we just missed them saying Sylvie and myself. At this point, Cressida walks up on your group. Well, it seems some of you have a good head on your shoulders. <laughs> From what I've been told, you incapacitated a couple of Hell Knights. The Order of the Nail won't be 
taken too kindly to that, although they don't officially work for the city, so I can certainly brush it aside. I'll look into how they got your description, how they connected the dots between you and Miss Sabor. I'm just glad you found her and we were able to keep her safe. I think the four of you should lie low for a couple of days, though. Do you know of a safe place within the city, or do you think I could just stay at our shop, or how low, I guess, or do we need to stay? I wouldn't be going out and about. Get all your things, head to your homes, wait it out for a few days. I'm sure those Hell Knights will get found and patched up by their um, their brothers and sisters, and, you know, once they're on the mend, this will all probably be water under the bridge. Well, by go home, I know where I'm going. And Vec, you're welcome to come with me. Diego and Sylvie, though, are you going to your homes? Yeah, we'll just go to the shop. That makes sense. For a couple days. Sylvie was not super comfortable at the shop, so she chimes in. I think it would be best if I was with my family. I do not want to leave them alone for that long, especially if... There are Elm Knights that know my description or the people I am with. That might be less suspicious as well, if you're just being a normal person at your house. Right. right. But if things aren't looking right, Sylvie, you come running right away, okay? Don't try and fix this all yourself. We're a team now. That we are. I, I think my... From what I have seen so far, the area that I, that my family lives in is relatively safe I think I should be okay for the time being you can always send uh, Zazie to if you need something but you can't leave your family yet whoa 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 hold on a minute you wouldn't want to help her I ain't doing that much stuff for free you wouldn't want to help her I mean yeah if something was really bad but I ain't no messenger boy alright that's what I was saying maybe there's an egg in it for you (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Listen, I know the difference between a dragon egg and a, a chicken egg, all right? Well, that that truly was my only card I could play. <laughs> now, if there's 10 gold in it, you know, that's a different story. Like we said, we are a team now, so we need to work together to achieve our goals. Yeah, 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 but working together doesn't really mean me flying across town and back while you're sitting on your cushy bed. That is fair. We will wait till things calm down and then come find you at the shop. Cressida uh, would chime in. Nine lives, they're... The Hell Knights are still gonna be all over old Corvosa looking for looking for Trinia. They won't know that we've spirited her away. You stick out worse than anyone else here. If you have a place outside of town, I assume you do. It'd be better off there than here. Very well. I'll go there then. All right, then do we want to make a plan to meet back at the shop in three days? I like it. Yeah, sounds good. The amours that we found, uh, I could take a look at it and see if I could transfer it to another weapon, but I would need it for the time being. Sylvie, after everything we've been together, I do trust you with my my maul. I'll I'll hand that to you, and I I have some money for some of the 
the things you might need for the upgrades I can give you. Uh, in the meantime, I'll have sure we have other weapons I can I can take to protect myself in the meantime. <laughs> Casually look through your sheet to see. <laughs> I'm sure we have. Sylvie has proficiency like, in unarmed attacks. <laughs> I will take my time to do my best to transfer this rune. I love the image of Sylvie now carrying two massive hammers. <laughs> yeah, I feel through like she's streets. probably like over encumbered now. <laughs> I guess she would have to give Diego some of her additional weapons just to offload some <laughs> some weight. Slowly across yeah. town. Awesome. So I'll give you that and six and a half gold because that's the amount of gold it takes to transfer a, a, a rune of this na- nature. All right. What do I use the gold for during the crafting? <laughs> <laughs> to buy the blank rune to transfer. Ah. Oh, so I would have to go to a store to buy something. I think it's just you have a material whole slew costs. of family. That's true. They could run an errand. You're the me. only yeah. one. <laughs> you have the superpower of money. A family. Family okay. and money. Yeah. Just family. Yeah. Yeah. The superpower of knowing anybody else. <laughs> Very true. Yeah. I lost all my connections. So I have no one, and your grandfather is frail. Not, not sending him to the store. <laughs> Vicky, what, what did you make me a list, Vicky? Oh, God. <laughs> Unfortunately, I've forgotten it. Yeah. We better make sure we got food back. Yeah. Oh, speed of which. Are you able to uh, maybe give us a supply drop or something? Because if we can't leave the house, it's not like I'm stocked for multiple people, and... I've already had to house more than I'm used to. Pretty much burned through the supply that I had secured for Trinia and my grandfather when things were really bad. Perhaps if you just send over a few of your manservants to drop over uh, some it's, of the provisions. They're, they're members of the Corvosan Guard, uh, but what I, what I can do is... Oh, I was talking to Sylvie, but you, yes, you will work as well. Uh, sh- sure. <laughs> Sylvie's family is the poor nobles. I thought you were, yeah, I thought you were talking to... Uh, here's what we'll do. Um... In order for you to make it back to your respective places unharmed, several of my men are already here. They'll, she kind of air quotes, take you into custody. We'll bring you in to sit at Volshnik and get you supplied. Then they'll escort you to your respective places with the supplies. You shouldn't be bothered if you're with the Corvosan Guard, even by Hell Knights. Thank you. That's right. definitely helpful. All right. So that's what you do. You all return to Citadel Volshnik, escorted by Cressida and several of her guards, and you kind of hope that what you did means Trinia can make it. Then Carlo would have told you, you know, he won't know for a couple of days. Should take about a day and a half to, you know, sneak out, stay somewhere about halfway there, and then make it the rest of the way to Harse. But he promises to keep you in the loop if he finds anything out. You get your supplies, go to your respective places. What does this time look like for you guys? Well, Mir is still very suspicious of the grandfather and would be watching out for him slash generally hanging out with Beck in the shop and also spending time with just Figgy up in the upstairs like apartment area probably definitely like working and playing a lot with Figgy though 
in between times of like hanging out with Vex slash actually scrutinizing his grandfather and all of his actions as subtly as she can, obviously. Uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> but she, I mean, she would spend a lot of time playing with Figgy. You guys probably hear like she'll go upstairs and you guys will just hear like uh, scampers back and forth across the floor of um, little Figgy Feets as uh, he's running as maybe she like throws a ball or something. And the types of conversations that you hear between Vec and his grandfather are the exact same conversations that we've had a few times already on this show that his grandfather's friend is going to found an academy that Vec is telling him that ships are coming into port and we're going to move back to the manor soon. But it's all this repeating, repeating dialogue. Did his grandfather look better when we came back? That's a good question. Better how? Like, did he look not quite so old from confused? No. In fact, um, he he looked quite old. Okay, there goes my other conspiracy theory I was working on. What do you think, uh, Vex and Age Vampire? I did I did think that Vex was uh, unknowingly stealing parts of his grandfather's life, and that's why Trinia mentioned that he's not, he's he's better when he's not around, but yeah, because he leaves every day, goes around the city, gets medicine, food, and stuff, and does it odd jobs, comes back, and his grandfather's fine for a while, and then he wakes up in the morning and is not good again. Like a weird ancestral Dorian Gray type yes. deal. <laughs> okay, I mean, clearly there's a mystery here. I will reveal that it's not that sinister. <laughs> I didn't think it was sinister. I didn't yeah. think your character knew. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but... Anyways, uh, there's my crazy conspiracy theory for the episode, I guess. He's 40 years old. <laughs> <laughs> well, also, yeah, well, 60 years was mentioned. That's what do I do in this barbershop? <laughs> well, you, you keep saying 60, like the paper was 60 years old. The newspaper. So. Okay. Anyways, if that's what the conversations are, Mir, I mean, does not envy what Beck is going through at all. This is very sad. Imagine Diego goes back to the tribe. Diego, when you return, you return in the night and Thousand Bones takes you aside. My son, a man arrived this evening, badly wounded. He, he was shouting for help, but he was shouting for you. He knew you, but he did not know where you resided. In the city, I fear his condition has worsened. Is he here now? Yes. I'd like to go see him. You go to a kind of like a, a tent, like a medicinal tent that um, that your tribe has set up. Uh, and you see lying on it the large form of Takpar. He has been, from what you can see and from the bandages, has been slashed across the face to the point where his eye looks like it'll never see again. Uh, he has several bad stab wounds. There are, there are um, you know, members of uh, healers of your tribe, you know, changing his bandages and patching him up. He's unresponsive. Uh, he lies in the bed and Thousand Bones with you would say, he came a long way from the city. That's the direction he was coming. 
He lost so much blood, Diego. I, I don't know that we'll be able to to revive him. How do you know this man? I I met him. He was a, a bouncer in a, in a bar that we frequented. I, I talked to him a bit about... I found common cause with him in, in, in what myself and my my friends were were doing. He was he was a, a confidant. He uh, appears Shuanti. I don't recognize him from one of the tribes. Diego kneels down to him and just has this kind of like droning like buzz in his head as he looks at all the injuries that Takpar sustained and says to himself, "My friend, if." my deeds have wrapped you up in our in our business and caused you to caused you to take this pain i i am sorry i hope that we'll be able to find the people who did this and bring them to justice and just stillness in the tent the slow labored rise and fall as takpar breathes but for as long as you stay with him that night he does live what do you do in the intervening days. I think that that event is weighing pretty heavily on his mind as he's spending this time. I think his his, his biggest focus is they've the, the last couple fights that we've had in the pursuit of whatever information we're trying to get have really hurt the party a lot. So his main focus is on getting quicker, getting stronger, getting getting better. So he's he's gonna be working out, he's gonna be doing cardio running and stuff like that to, to try to just try to get more fit but the uh the events are kind of brooding in, in his mind too and he may not, you know not necessarily leaving him in a good place you know i think i think a lot of seeing seeing the like sickly underbelly of this city is is really uh sticking with him and still every day thousand bones kind of has this vigil he waits into the late hours just hoping for a sign of Gakin. You, you and he talk in the intervening days about how um, how you found no sign of him. Maybe you tell him that Takpar was, was also looking. How about Sylvie? What is she doing this time? So Sylvie goes back to her family, and while she is very happy to um, be back at home with them, she doesn't really give them much information about what's going on. She's getting worried about them. The their and their connection to her is dangerous. Like there are powerful people that are recognizing our group. Um, so she doesn't give them much information and instead spends most of her time in her room working on transferring over this rune and then also just working with uh, Sazzy more to understand her magic. Uh, she's learning more and more from these runes and trying to, you know, apply it to her abilities. Um, she's, uh, instead of, you know, before she was doing a lot of like reading her books, but now she's leaning much more heavily on Sazzy to get his input on the runes and these magical abilities um, because they are becoming a much better team. No, no you got you to gotta, like swish and then flick. Gotta, oh my gosh. <laughs> it's Wingardium, not Wing... 
<laughs> and so Sylvie like follows his motions. Ah, I see. And um, uh, she's following what the instructions that he's giving her, and it's it's working for her. Um, Why don't you make me a crafting check? All right, I I'm gonna take the advice that I got. Potentially, we'll see how this crafting check goes. I'll, I'm gonna be ready to use a hero point. Ooh. It's not good. One of your family members bursts in while you and Sazia are training. Imps in the bedroom. That's really funny. <laughs> and Sylvie's family is definitely not rich enough to have a bunch of servants anymore. Mm. So it'd be one of her family members going out to get. Sylvie sneaks out one night. Her brother's like, Sylvie, where are you going? Petrificus did. <laughs> All right. Oh, um, that's. I think I'm going to hear a point this. So that was not very good. Only a 12. So I'm going to hear a point. Okay. This crafting. So I feel like I'll need better than that. Oh, and it's worse. So. Okay. Ooh. But there are a couple days to attempt this. Yeah, you have right? a couple days. Yes. So. Yeah. Chris, you're sounding pretty desperate over there. Listen, an extra D12, that's big for us, okay? <laughs> yeah. Bigger than one point of electricity damage? I don't think so. <laughs> Ask me if I would roll 2d12 over 46. You would. Yeah, I would. And I will. We'll see. I have faith. I trust. You go ahead and make me a roll for the next day. All right. I'm single-handedly putting Sylvie behind in her studies by having her like focus <laughs> on this mall She's multiple days. She's gonna be really good with striking runes after this. Yeah. That's spending enough time with the studies to level up, though, unfortunately. <laughs> that is a natural 19 for a 27. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, That's uh, a critical success, so you put two striking <gasps> runes on there. Unfortunately, <laughs> they, they don't stack. But <laughs> so, yeah, you you and Sazzy are tinkering it with it late into the evening, and you, you manage to, like, etch and align the rune in a way that it lights up. And then the mall, which has like these intricate designs on it. You, you've had time to study this thing now that you've been working on it. And Diego has this very ornate mall. And you can see the striking sends this like red light through all the intricate pattern on the mall. Ooh. Sylvie smiles and she looks over to Sazzy saying, we make a good team. Yeah, I guess I'm pretty good at this, and you helped. We can we can trust each other to do great things, more than we can do by ourselves. Yeah, you know, you got a point. And Sylvie just smiles to herself with that admission. <laughs> so you've all leveled up. Woo! Yeah, we yeah. have. Did you get anything cool this level? Let's go around the table. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. You seem pretty eager, Chris. You want to start? Yeah, yeah, sure. So... My stuff was pretty thematic. We just got done with the chase. I wanted Diego to, to get faster, so I took fast movement. I get an, a 10-foot status bonus on my speed oh, while nice. I'm raging. Yeah, he's been doing cardio. out. But that's actually not the feat that I wanted. Like, this is the first time I think I've ever wanted to, in the future, retrain a feat for a 2E character. Huh. There's, the, there's a raging athletics feat that I want at 4th level, but I'm not expert in athletics yet. But when I take it and I'm raging... I can get I get a climb and swim speed equal to my land speed, Ooh, which is pretty cool. cool. So yeah. might be retraining that in the future. 
pre-archetype stuff, I took like a very kind of boring dual studies feat that just gave me and my Eidolon different skills, trained oh, different nice, skills. Nice. I'm trained in, in diplomacy now. And I took intimidating prowess, which now gives me a plus one circumstance bonus to intimidate checks when I'm physically threatening someone, which, spoiler alert, I'm usually doing that. <laughs> yes. Usually a part of your intimidate. Yeah. So that's that's most of my stuff in a nutshell. Cool. What about Mir? Yeah, so I don't know. Maybe Vec doesn't really see it happening um, because he's around that entire, like, three days. But for sure, when Diego and Sylvie, like, come back to the shop, like, I think he's noticeably bigger. He's thick. Yeah, Vec, you... you- you noticed it. You you <laughs> you've heard you've heard for the past couple of days like he's just running up and down the stairs. There's a brass statue in front of the store now. Think he took one of your ration cuts of meats and he's just like beating the crap out of it. Hey, why are there a bunch of eggshells all over the floor in this room? Think he's been going to town on these eggs. We need extra worms for this boy. <laughs> so Figgy is now mature. He is a mature. All right. Burr, burr, burr. All you, <laughs> no. all you rule thirty-four artists chomping at the bit to draw Figgy, have at it now. He's legal. I can't believe you beat me to that joke. <laughs> yeah. Looking at you, Giordano. All right. So, uh, moving on from that. So he's a mature animal companion now, which means that uh, all of his strength, dex, constitution, and wisdom uh, modifiers increase by one. The unarmed attack damage goes from one die to two die. Piggy got striking. Oh, yeah. Yep. The proficiency rank for perception and every saving throw is now expert. Uh, it now has proficiency, like, you know, has proficiency ranks in intimidation, stealth, and survival. And if it was a small companion or medium, it now grows in a size. And he did. Did we unionize or something? Because there's a lot more striking going on than there used to be. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> so yeah, he's he is a lot stronger now, which is good as a, as, as a good damage dealer for the party. And meantime, I, I think Figgy was kind of a bit of a little rascal while he was training. And... Now, and uh, so Mir has picked up trap finding. Oh, great! So I can now uh, trap find, and I don't have to be searching to do so either. You just get an innate check. Yes. The hair on the back of your neck tingles, and there's a trap nearby. Yeah, it's because Biggie's been training, and like a cat, sometimes will sneak up behind you. She's got that now. She she is been trained by Figgy. <laughs> You've got to walk through a doorway and the, the hair shoots up. Figgy is right right in front of the door. <laughs> yes. <from> the <laughs> Constantly triggered all the time. You got a thirst trap shacking up downstairs. <laughs> no. <laughs> the look Haley gave you. The look Haley gave you. Nailed it. Of disgust Get out of here. That was a lot of disappointment. Well, I didn't hear Vec doing anything cool during his uh, yeah, three was days. Yeah, doing so. anything cool? Nah. Yeah, he was. <laughs> but we we kind of shoehorned it in with, uh, with Mir, but that's totally fine. So basically, at some point over the next couple days, Vex in and out of the apartment in the way, or rather the barbershop when he can. He's trying to sneak off and 
get some personal belongings back from the uh, from the apartment, maybe like in the middle of the night, taking alleys and stuff. And when he gets back, maybe one night and nobody's awake, he actually prays for the first time in a very long, long time. But he doesn't really know who he's praying to. It's just kind of a general prayer to the divine saying, thank you for allowing us to get Trinia out of this city and have the success that we have and all of us are still alive. And when he's done with that prayer, he opens his eyes and once again, his halo is glowing bright. He had not turned it back on, but there is a small dragonfly sitting on that halo and it confuses him for a moment because it's a ray of light. You, a creature can't sit on it tries to kind of swat it away, but it it dodges his hand and goes out a window. This is a long walk to say that I picked up an oracle feat called Divine Access. Yeah. I think I've given some clues as to what that might take, but I don't want to explicitly say it. Maybe pick it up at home. Sure. Um, But he does get Divine Access, which means he gets over the course of more level ups, he will unlock more and more spells that are not on his divine caster list. It's just a good way to expand the Oracle spell casting. The initial one that I got is Liberating Command. Are they specific to the mystery that you take? They're specific the to the deity. Yes. But Vec doesn't know what deity he's getting. Oh, yes. that's cool. I love that. So that was my Oracle thing. And honestly, I think that's fun flavorfully and that spell's going to come into effect, I'm sure. But honestly, level four for me was kind of a builder level. There was nothing here that I was truly blown away by. Did the blessed one archetype get anything cool? No. No. I mean, it did get something. (laughs) I unlocked a feat. Rather, I'm sorry. I got a new focus spell from that called Protector Sacrifice, which is a reaction, but it's basically the exact same thing as Healer's Blessing. The only thing is I'm never going to use that because it doesn't have the curse bound trait, so it's not going to key on my curse, and I have way better healing that I can use without the curse bound trait. So it's kind of a loss. I really took that Blessed One dedication to build into later things. So this one isn't that exciting for me, but there will be some really cool stuff I get later. Reaction heals, uh, no joke though. I could see yeah. you using it in a in a pinch. Yeah, it's certainly not bad. I don't think it's an actual heal. Let me click on it quick. I think it's a, a damage reduction. So I take a little damage, and the person that I protect avoids that damage. Yeah. So it's it's certainly not bad, but with as stretched as I am for focus points already, I just would really have a hard time justifying it. Anyway, the last building thing that I took finally was battle medicine. Ooh, nice. Okay, I got a couple battle medicines now. Yes, now my medicine's only at a plus eight right now. So like, I still need to build into that, but it's on the books. I will be able to at least try it in combat. Yeah. Yeah, it's good. I mean, that's, you're far more than a a 50-50 shot at this Mm -hmm. point. You know, you got to roll, what, a seven? So that's pretty good. Yeah. So I don't know if there was anything on my level up that truly blew me away, but it's all good building stuff for later. So not a bad level up. How about Sylvie? So Sylvie, you know, like I said, over the past couple days, she was primarily working with crafting and working with Sazzy, and they've been building 
a better and better relationship. He saved her in, in combat, healing her, allowing her to like stay up in combat. So their relationship is getting stronger now. So I took enhanced familiar. So now I get additional familiar options. So now I'm up to four options a day. Ooh, which I believe unlocks the full capability of an amp. It's not... Pretty close. It's, it's pretty close. It's there. not quite. Yeah. Imps are really powerful. So Sylvie can't ask him to do every single one of his abilities, but she's pretty close. It's it's a huge jump up. She was at one and now is at four. So that's a huge jump in his power level. And because she was spending so much time with that striking rune, Sylvie actually now also has a basic witchcraft. So she can cast spells, like witch spells now. So she gets first level witch spells and she learned True Strike. Ooh, there it is. Yeah, yeah that's nice. going to be so cool for those so finishers. Mm-hmm. So you so, get your cantrips, you get your first level spells. That's good stuff. Yeah, very, very exciting for Sylvie to go down uh, developing her magic more. I'm interested to hear some when, when those familiar abilities come up because all of the familiars I've played with in Tui have usually been sidelined as part of a caster like that. They haven't been a focus of anything. So it's really tough because, uh, and obviously we're not playing this hundred percent by the book because Sazzy is an imp, but if you get the amount of master familiar abilities to actually have an imp, you can use an imp to its pretty full extent, which is, you know, it can, it can become invisible like an imp can. It can, it can do most of the stuff a regular imp stat block can plus being a familiar and sharing spells and that kind of stuff, which makes it very strong compared to a regular familiar, which is why it costs so much more. Mm-hmm. But regular familiars can do a lot of cool stuff too. Like as a master, you can get an extra cantrip because you invested in that master skill for the day, or you can uh, regain a focus point for free. So th- there's some good stuff in there, but now going from one to four, that's a big jump. So that's that's always, you know, we'll probably see a lot more of them now. Yeah. Because before you had to like spend one so Sazzy could move. <laughs> yeah. It's like if you want them to be able to fly, that's an ability. If you want them to be able to manipulate an object, that's another ability. Go invisible, another ability. Speak, another ability. Oh, so, like, now you could combine those all together and actually ask him to like do some reconnaissance or like fly up and check something out like that's a uh, something he can actually do for us now right and I don't like playing it like the familiar doesn't have the capability of doing that so how we've kind of been doing it thus far like if you're a GM playing 2e I recommend doing it this way just like the familiar doesn't do everything you want it to do all the time. It doesn't respect you yet. And it's, it's like, yeah, mm-hmm. it's like a, a, the Pokemon's too high level. It doesn't exactly. respect you. <laughs> yeah. Do everything you yeah. want. Get your gym badge first. Yeah. Uh, because it, it is silly. Like, an imp that can't fly, that doesn't exist. So, even if you didn't invest the point in fly, like, he's gonna be flying around. He's mm-hmm. probably just not gonna fly to where you ask him to. Yes. And now, Sylvie can ask him to fly <laughs> somewhere. Well, very cool. The third morning comes. Diego, you get the news that Takpar has woken up. I'm in the tent. You rush to the tent. He's sitting propped up. His dressings look new. It looks like there's a lot less blood on his bandages than there was the 
first night. <coughs> Diego, I found you. You did. How are That's you right. feeling? I, not as well as I could be, but I had hoped that you would you would be with uh, with the other Shuanti at, at this part of the town. I, I'm told I barely made it here. Your instincts were good. Uh, we did find each other there. Who did this to you? I found Gakin. Oh. It was in North Point. I saw a man. He was carrying a, a bundle. He left left an alley and, and continued onward. I, I wouldn't have thought much of it, but I saw the face of the boy he carried. It had the the scar you had told me to watch for from the fire pelt cougar on his cheek. I followed the man across town. It was late. I It was the second night after I told you I would go looking for him. The man, well, I tried to stay relatively unseen, but the man made it to the Grey District. It was by a mausoleum of some sorts. He, he dropped Gakin like, like a bundle of wood, and that must have been when he noticed me hiding behind some of the graves. He turned on me quickly. He was faster than I had expected. He pulled this strange-looking blade on me. It was shaped like a key. He slashed me in the face. I, I could barely see after that. Blood filled my vision, and I just felt the cold metal in my gut. He must have thought... I was dead too. I, I don't know how long it was. Probably only minutes. But when I, when I got up, Gakin was no longer on the ground, and that mausoleum was open. I was too wounded to follow him any further. I, I hoped that I could make it this far. I, I lost a lot of blood, but I don't even really remember crossing the bridge out of town. What you did took a lot of courage, and I thank you for caring enough about the life of a fellow tribe member to, to go out of your way to track him down. I, I admit that I, after hearing this news, I want to travel there at once to understand what happened. Did Gagan look alive? Did he, you, you, you described a bundle. Was he, was he dead? I, I couldn't say for certain. I didn't see any breaths. Uh, the bundle was dark material. There could have been blood. He didn't move the entire time I watched. Then it's the worst that I feared. This man and the details you give. This is not the first time he's done this. If Gakin has passed, he has fallen at the hands of a man who, who takes, who claims the lives of countless before him when something needs to be done. And I will be the one to do it. And... Uh, Diego rests a hand on his shoulder and then and stands. Diego, your spirit separates from you once more and kneels at Takpar and he goes even more pale. It's it's you. Who am I to you? He's looking wide-eyed at the spirit and it turns to you with the same fire pelt cougar scar over that side 
of its face. I can see clearly now, brother. This man tried to save me. Gagan, has it been you this whole time? That I cannot say. I've gone places in my dreams. Oh, this is very sad. Gagan, I'm I'm sorry I could not have been there for you. I told you and, and others that I would protect you, and I failed. It was reckless of me to go into the city alone. It is not your fault, Diego. Something tells me that in whatever fashion, alive or whatever this is, we were supposed to do this together. I had a dream of the Grand Mastaba. Have you had dreams about it? Was its protector, or one of its protectors, was here to keep evil from entering that place? I had never really experienced that feeling until my grandfather brought us here. But it feels like you and I are supposed to be here. I see that place too in my dreams sometimes. Just glances and 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 out of the corner of my eye, the shape of the of the structure, there is something there that we will, in time, confront. I think. I feel it. In the corner of the tent, the flap opens, and Thousand Bones enters, and he sees Gakin, and he weeps. Diego consoles him. And Gakin's spirit does as well. And when he has had a moment to compose himself, Diego, we must find Gakin's body. The word of this will get out, and there is only so much peace I can broker if the rest of the tribes and the tribes back in the Cinderlands learn of Gakin's death at the hands of a Corvosan. It may mean war between our peoples. There's not much I can do to quell Gakin's father's rage when he learns of this. I will try to find his body. If his spirit is here, it means he is not able yet to pass on, I believe. You know that we must send our people to the afterlife whole. We must burn Gakin's body in its entirety. If he's been taken to the Grey District by a murderer, who knows what purpose that man has for his body? I I need to speak with with someone in the... Th- you have a connection with uh, the, the captain of the guard, correct? I do. I can get word to her. Uh, we, I must go with you. You must bring me into the city and we need to speak with Miss Croft. Well, then we'll do so. There, We have a meeting planned with them. Maybe we already did that. But we should try to hold off the tribes as much as possible. I will go in and I will exact revenge on this man for what he's done. But the tribes need to know that this man does not act on behalf of Corvosa. He is one man who plagues the city itself with violence, too. I agree from what Takpar has told you. I know this man. He's the Keylock Killer. And you fought him before. Do not be brash. Be careful. Whoa. A lot of crazy stuff just dropped there. Vec and Mir, it's the morning of the third day for you as well. You get the paper. Headline on the paper reads, 
Eadrid's killer captured. Come <sighs> They found a new scapegoat. Does it have more? I want more. Yeah, I kind of need to read that. Yeah, the paper goes on to say um, the king's killer, Trinia Sabor, was captured late last evening. She will stand a private trial. Where? Uh, it doesn't say. Interesting. I think when Vec reads that, he just drops the paper to the ground and like walks over to the a post of the wall, you know, not like the drywall or anything. He's not trying to cause like actual damage and just plows his fist into the into it, like maybe breaks his hand or something and heals it right back up. Just in an absolute rage. It's all stone that'd feel bad. Yeah. So that's interesting. I do wonder if it's fake. Yeah, is it actually Trinia? Or are they just right? So it's a private mm-hmm. trial too. They found a body double. Certainly possible. I mean, right? But if it's a private trial and a private execution, then they don't even need it, right? Like, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Yeah, they can just say they captured her and it's done. Uh, I think there is a meeting that's going to happen with us in Cressida. This is going to be a topic of discussion. Yes, 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 yes. Sure. What kind of bomb are you going to drop on Sylvie? Sylvie. Uh-oh. Got any family members we can kill off real quick? <laughs> Please, no. As he is the Dark Lord. <laughs> he knew it was going to happen when he gave him three more master points. He's become too strong. He's become too strong. In your studies with Sazzy, though, you do get more time with him. More time than, you know, you've been in such a rush and all over the place lately. You haven't really had time to sit down and and just, like, even really examine him. Do you have religion? No. I would allow an arcana roll here. All right, perfect. I do have that. Uh, that is a dirty 20. You notice with the kind of two-tone color Sazzy is and even the symbol he kind of carries, you know that's... An unholy symbol. Do you ask him about it? Yeah, as they're, uh, you know, they've been been working, they're making a better connection. Uh, when they have a little bit of downtime, uh, Sylvie, as casually as she possibly can muster, asks, I have noticed you are unique for what I know imps to be. You have... Yeah, I'm pretty great, I know. You are quite powerful and have proved yourself time and time again. But I do not know that much about you. But I do see that you have a certain symbol with you at all times. Sylvie, how much do you know about your ancestor Dyson? I know the the famous stories that have been passed down. He was a brilliant, great man that won the Breaching Festival. And elevated the family in status. We do you really think one man could win the breaching festival all on his own after hundreds have tried and they've all failed? Sylvie takes a moment and uh, her face uh, kind of crunches together in concentration as she's like actually starting to critically think about these stories that she's just heard throughout her childhood that she just accepted to be truth. To be honest, I hoped that it was possible because 
I hoped to be the second one to win the Breaching Festival. He had an awful lot of luck, you know, for a mortal. And he had a little bit of help. How much do you know of this help? Well, the help he was given is why I'm here. Because my boss, well, my boss made a deal with your great-great-grandpappy. Oh, so we are dropping a bomb on her. <laughs> yes. <laughs> you see, most infernal dukes, you know what they are, right? The, the big boss is a hell. Yes. Most of them stay there. But my boss, well, he likes this city quite a bit. He's one of the only infernal dukes on the material plane. You ever heard of the Great Unraveler? I... Can she do a knowledge check on that? Mm-hmm. All right. What kind of knowledge would that be? You could do... Probably religion. <laughs> <laughs> so maybe she hasn't heard you of You do religion, you could do society. All right. Well, I do have that society. What is the symbol of? Like, a, is there a... It's a staff wrapped in scrolls. Okay. That is a 28. You know about the Unraveler. People in this city, bad people, pray to him. Ooh. You know he's also known as Mystere, the Diabolus, the Ur-Magus, <laughs> and most commonly, Lord Lorthact. A dude who's got four names is not to be trifled with. <laughs> Yeah. That sounds so ominous. I, out of character, have never heard of an infernal duke outside of hell, and I am so interested in this. Oh, scared. It's very, very wild. You know, my the Unraveler is kind of an exile. Well, he took an interest in the, in the old Dyson, and Dyson shared a lot of his, um, well, his goals. You know, he was a scholar, a, a magician... But he was a thief at the end of the day. He built your whole family on being a thief. It just turns out that among all the lawful lords of hell, well, the Unraveler's most likely to pick your pocket. He's the king of thieves. They say there's no honor among him, but he's got a code. And Dyson Fordyce followed that code. Well enough that Lorthak sent me snooping to see if his bloodline shared any of that shine. He ain't doing too bad, kid. Sylvie takes a moment to ponder uh, this whole new reality she has, a new perspective on her family and uh, the the darker side of the story. I guess there are worse ways that families have come to power. I'm sure this was a transaction of sorts. What did he have to promise to gain the power to win the breaching festival. Mm, I'll tell you in due time. Mm. Just know it's not really any of your concern right now. I will trust you on that. I hope someday I will find out. Mm. Someday you might be strong enough for me to tell you. Together, I think we can achieve it. Well, it's been a while since that, uh, that breaching festival's had a winner. Would be pretty miraculous if the same family won it twice. That would be a bit suspicious, but we are a strong family, so if anyone can do it, it is us. I like it, kid. Dream big. <laughs> <laughs> You're gonna make it in this business in Hollywood. <laughs> 
look, you're a star. I could already <laughs> And so you meet at the appointed time at Citadel Volshnik. I think that comes in hot. He's got the newspaper. And as soon as we get in, or we go into Cressida's office, I imagine, right? Mm-hmm. And he just throws it on her desk. Prove to me that's not true. We've been cleaning up your streets and you promised her safety. I don't care about the coin that I took home. Prove to me that's a lie. I I asked Van Carlo the same thing when the word started spreading a day ago. He said she's safe and sound and harsh. You know what that means, though? The Queen's snagged another innocent, parading her around as Trini Sabor, and this poor girl's going to get executed just the same. This whole town's going to hell. There's not terribly much we can do about that right now. Um, but Trinia is safe. I imagine this is uh, probably just a given. I'm, I'm going to roll sense motive. I want to make sure she's not stringing me along to keep doing like her dirty sure. business for her. 21. 21. You think she's straight shooting with you? He takes a step back. Right. I may have been a bit hasty. That makes a lot of sense. I would appreciate if maybe in the near future I could get some confirmation that we are speaking truths to each other. But I am no more happy than you are that some innocent poor girl is going to get killed because some noble wants to save face. And at that, he just kind of like throws up his hands, turns around and like walks to the back of the room. Like he's kind of a mess. He's been strung out all morning and is not equipped to continue this conversation at the forefront. And the last two to enter the room kind of after this outburst are Diego with a smaller uh, than him um, (laughs) elderly Shawanti man that none of you have seen before. Friends, Cressida, I would like you to meet Thousand Bones. Cressida uh, nods. Thousand Bones, it's a it's a pleasure to see you again. Um, and if word's spreading like I, it always happens to, I know why you're here. Um, and I'd like to be the first to say um, I'm so sorry for your loss. Thank you, Miss Croft. Um, we we have much to discuss. I fear uh, once this word spreads to the Shuanti, uh, well. I, I'm getting ahead of myself. Uh, hello, everybody. I, I'm Thousand Bones. I'm um, I'm Diego's mentor. Pleasure, Beck Railby. Diego Longshadow. Uh, yes, thank, thank you, Diego. I, I assumed you were friends with everyone in the room. It's nice to meet you. Uh, my name's Mir, and this is Figgy. And I'm sorry for whatever loss you're currently going through. I, I appreciate that. My name is Sylvie. I, it is a pleasure to meet you, but I wish it was under better circumstances. And she bows. Because if he's just now coming in, we wouldn't know who died. No, 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 no. you don't. Right. So um, if everyone could sit down, I will explain the situation. Um, my people have worked hard to understand those who dwell in Corvosa. 
Yet it seems each day we see new examples of how this city's people work just as hard to foster old hatreds. Uh, my grandson is dead, uh, stabbed to death in your city street. I, I don't blame you, Miss Croft, or any of the people of this city. Yet Gakin is dead, and my son and his kin are not as forgiving as I. When this news breaks, they will wish to return to the Skoan Kwa in the Cinderlands to join with the Skalar Kwa and rally to war against Corvosa. That would be disastrous for both our peoples. Amends must be made. And our, our ways are not as yours. If a body does not go whole to the fires of the ancestors, the smoke of a warrior's spirit cannot rise to the great sky. If I could send Gakin's body to the great sky with honor and dignity, his father and brothers would listen to me and stay their wrath. The talks of peace between my people and yours could continue. But he wasn't just murdered. His body was taken from the scene of his death. We have a witness in our camp who was brutalized by this murderer as well. He says that Gakin's body has been taken to a mausoleum in this city's graveyard, a place called the Dead Warrens. With this knowledge, I could surely lead a group of my finest warriors into your graveyard to retrieve Gakin's body, but no doubt your people would see this as an act of aggression by the Shwanti. It, it falls to a smaller group to make amends for what's been done, and I know no better than you, Diego, a person of both sides. You were once a symbol in Corvosa, and you are well-loved by our people as well. You are a part of our tribe. It and I can think of none better to accompany me there than those people in this room with me here. Good. I'm glad you have gathered together a group of strong companions. You must bring me Gakin's body, and if you fail, although it pains my heart to say it, we'll have to recover him ourselves, and the people of my tribe likely will not be gentle in that matter. Thousand bones, if I may say so myself. I have only known my friend Diego here a very brief time. I have not had much relation with the Shawanti people before him. But what I have seen, he has displayed an incredible battle prowess on the field of combat. But more importantly, he has displayed great respect and courage. He is a man of character, and he has helped me far, far more than I have helped him. It would be my honor, it's something I must do, to help him rectify this between your peoples and the people of this city. I am at your disposal. I... I certainly be willing to help here um i can't believe we finally found out what happened to your missing companion only to find the worst there will be time to grieve now is not that time it's time for vengeance i was holding <laughs> off <laughs> so hard there is enough chaos in the city and enough death we must bring him home cresta speaks up from the rumors I've heard and from the knife you gave me from the place 
where you found it. We've been able to put pieces together in the intervening weeks. This is the Keylock Killer. This murderer, he's back, and his name is Rolf Lamb, Gadrin Lamb's son. Now, he's been... I thought of him nothing more than an academy dropout, necromancer, general degenerate, but I did not suspect the murders in his past. We had crossed paths with his father. It's unfortunate to hear he hasn't fallen far from the tray. I don't think his father could measure up to the atrocities that the Keylock killers committed. I, if- I agree, but also... Are there any other lambs in the city? Because maybe this is a family affair. None that we could track down. All right. If we meet any others, though, it might be a kill on sight. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm kidding. But... Rolf Lamb has killed over 50 people. If you're going in there, you best be prepared. That man is far stronger than we gave him credit for. And if he is not only one of this city's most prolific killers but also a schooled necromancer. He could be bringing punishment onto this city if he goes unchecked. Who knows what other atrocities he might have, he might have crafted wherever he is residing. This mausoleum is a grave threat to us all. Didn't actually intend that. That was really good. (laughs) You'll obviously be compensated for this. And, um, you know, we'll suss out the details when you come back. Just know... Um, it'll be more than your usual compensation if you're taking down someone like this. But even still, if you're not able to take down Rolf, just bringing back Gakin's body will at least simmer the tensions between our city and the Schwanti. That's called hazard pay. Plus, has the added benefit of keeping you out of the public eye for a little bit more time, which is always a good thing for people of your stature <laughs> she looks at Diego is there any information you need before you, before you take on this I don't think I need any more information from you but I might want to seek out another possible ally before we go off we can talk about that uh, later we don't need to keep spending time with Cressida right um, thousand bones would accept a um, you know a guard escort back to the outskirts of town. Uh, trails end and you all uh, where are you headed the Bray district is the very south of the city there might be some things we want to pick up we can talk about maybe uh, supplies for this but I think I imagine we'd be going to the Bray district unless we have a somewhere else to hit first who are you thinking of Ailey was Takpar's uh, you know friend not a maiden warrior wouldn't she maybe want some revenge as well could we see if she's interested just blinded her companion and bouncer probably wouldn't hurt to at least let her know yeah what happened like if she isn't aware of what happened yeah that's fair yeah and at a minimum we i mean like if she won't come with her with us we could tell her where we're going if we don't you know check in maybe you know call up your friends yeah the city's about to be attacked by a bunch of angry shawanti if you don't want that to happen uh send some dudes down to the warrens send some girls they're all yeah. girls. Yes, They're all yes. women. Women. <laughs> I had forgotten that that yep. that point. Yeah, I forgot she was part of that organization. I did not. It was sounded very cool, so I mm-hmm. have mm-hmm. kept that in my head. <laughs> sure. So you want to go to the um, Three Rings Tavern 
in North Point. That's the other direction, but um, you could go there. Uh, it's open. It's a tavern. Theandra is behind the bar. She seems like she's, you know, doing a ton now with Takpar not um, not there. You know, she's she's running the whole business kind of by herself. When we got the information on the society, was it a, a secret society? Absolutely. Okay. So Sylvie, uh, like kind of before we, uh, like as we're kind of entering, we'll kind of pull the group together. This society that she is the part of is secretive. We must be discreet when we discuss this with her. We do not want to alert the whole bar. Mm-hmm. Fair point. So, I mean, if she's super busy, though, it's not... Is that is it even possible to have a conversation that's secretive? Not really. I mean, unless you tell her, like, hey, you gotta, you know, shut the bar down for a bit. Then do we, rather than ask for help as much as write out a full like detailed note with plans pass that to her and she can make her like decision based on that my head was going to the exact same place Haley. because if there's not a way to keep a secret i mean we don't want to be you know don't want to be assholes yeah sure let's do that so we say okay takpar was hurt by kila killer in uh we're going to the the gray district yeah specifically the warrens Go into the Warrens in the Great Gate Gray District. Think you might be there. Either send help or be ready to help. We'll come back and uh, at least check in if everything's fine. Sure. Uh, and by the way, we know you're in a secret society. <laughs> <laughs> she side eyes you when you pass her a note, uh, and you head out. Mm-hmm. And you head to the Gray District. I think before you get there. We'll continue the curse campaign next time. All right. All right. Let's roll. The Bestow Curse podcast is a Hideous Laughter Productions show. Hideous Laughter Productions is an officially licensed partner of Paizo Incorporated. Curse of the Crimson Throne is copyright 2016. Curse of the Crimson Throne and the Pathfinder Adventure Path are trademarks of Paizo. Paizo, Pathfinder, their respective logos, and all Paizo titles, characters, and artwork are properties of Paizo Incorporated and used with permission.